how's Toronto going, man? Ah, it's this fucking cesspool. What do you, what do you expect? <laughs> Goddamn. It's a, re- it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Villainy. Yeah. yeah I, I have to tell you, my friend, I do not miss it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was looking at today? What's that? What's that? Fucking private islands for sale. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Dude, it's it's more affordable to buy a private <laughs> island. Okay. To buy a private island in Georgia, Georgian Bay than it is oh, yeah. to buy, say, a, even a uh, like a two-bedroom condo in Toronto? Go F yourself. It, that's Get out just, of town. Yeah. You can, Wait, in Georgian Bay, it's cheaper than buying a condo downtown? You can have, there's, a, oh, look, there's a website. There's a whole yeah. website. Private Islands Online. Oh, excellent. And, uh, yeah, Duval Island, $449,000 American. You are getting the itch, my friend. You oh, are, yeah. Had enough. Oh, you've listen. Had enough. I'll leave Toronto eventually. And then I'll be alone on an island. It'll, it'll be me and the cat, and I'll die, and the cat will be stuck. Eating your face. <laughs> the cat, the cat will be stuck trying to figure out how a boat works to get back. <laughs> Get back <laughs> standing on the dock thinking, could I swim that? It is Monday, the 8th of March, 2021. Ethan Page is all elite, and you are listening to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, my name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James, and yes, Ethan Page, former two-time Impact World Tag Team Champ and former Wrestlers Union Champion, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, made his debut last night with All Elite Wrestling, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, (laughs) Page was the sixth and final participant in a really stunning ladder match. To uh, determine a new number one contender for Darby Allen's TNT title. That uh, match was ultimately won by a very deserving Scorpio Sky. Page's contract with Im- uh, Im- Image Impact Wrestling uh, ran out at the beginning of the year and uh, he sat, creating speculation about where he might turn up next. Well, we have that answer and now. An ever-growing audience will get to see one of the hardest-working, most charismatic performers in the business on a new weekly basis. But um, before we spend the entire show heaping praise onto all-ego Ethan Page, let's shift gears and uh, tell you about some stuff that we are doing, the royal we. And then we'll get into today's interview. Um, I've been trying to figure out what I can do on my Twitch channel to set myself apart just a bit. And on uh, Friday night, I had the brilliant notion that a game show, or more specifically, a quiz show, might be a great gimmick. Uh, so I tweeted about it, and then I started working on it. So tonight, Monday night, if you're listening to this on Monday... I will be giving it a try when I host the first edition of 10 Questions Twice. Uh, two contestants, one at a time, will attempt to answer 10 trivia questions to earn points and carve out their spot on the uh, what will become the TQT leaderboard. 
then maybe, you know, maybe after eight, ten weeks or something, maybe we'll have playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it evolves. Uh, The show is going to be live on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash my name is kingdom. If you aren't already, go there now and uh, give us a follow or even uh, pitch a few bucks in and subscribe. The the uh the show is going to be broadcast live tonight um i'm th- i'm aiming for 8 p.m. eastern time uh you can watch it live or you can join the patreon to watch it via replay uh i'm going to make it available on uh, on one of the lower levels you know 5 or 10 i'm not sure yet um let's see how it turns out <laughs> But uh, it's all it's all an experiment. I mean, it might go so horribly tonight that I never I just want to hide and never want to do it again. Uh, but no, I think it's I think it's something we can stick with and evolve. Um, the two contestants for tonight, as we speak, are uh, Phil Stamper, the president of wrestling, and George Zotti. Um, who is a, uh, a longtime friend and a frequent, uh, uh, contributor to this podcast nonsense. Um, yeah, I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm confident that it'll work out. I'm trying to keep it simple for this first week. There'll be more bells and whistles added as time goes on. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to, fingers crossed, I think it's going to work out. So, uh, check that out tonight on Twitch. Uh, what else? Oh, the cat is, cat's getting the zoomies. <laughs> it's late at night and the cat's starting to get zoomy. There she goes. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I would talk more about the, uh, the, the, the AEW pay-per-view, but, uh, what is there to tell? It was really good. Christian Cage is signed. Ethan Page appeared. Um, the ending of the barbed wire exploding ring death match was, the ending of the match was okay, but the ending of the broadcast was embarrassing. The ring did not explode. Basically, sparklers went off. And um, and everybody sold like something big had happened. It was... Oof, it was not a good... Not a good look. Uh, I, I already had uh, at least... Let's just say at least one casual fan call me to say, What the fuck was this? You know, they tuned in, gave it a try, and... It was, they just rolled their eyes. So, uh, you know, and I had a few more, uh, a few more guys who are, you know, regular fans, like dedicated fans to, to wrestling, um, say the same, that they were kind of embarrassed. And it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame that, they build to something that big and it, technical difficulties, it doesn't go off, but that's where they need to call an audible. That's where they need to say, you know, somebody needs to slide into the ring and tell Eddie Kingston, Hey, it didn't happen. Don't sell this. 
Like, uh, play, they could have, they, they should have, everybody should have sat up and looked around like, what the fuck? And they should have played it off like, um, like a prank. They should have played it off uh, by Kenny and the Good Brothers laughing at them. Just a thought. Just a thought. But in that moment, in that moment, what do you do? Under, you know, the pressure of the, that situation, what do you do? But some kind of audible needed to be called to avoid what ended up being kind of an embarrassing looking ending. Um, anything else that I want to talk about before we get into the interview? Uh, no, that's about it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably forgetting something, but, uh, Hey, remember kids, uh, all my social media at my name is kingdom, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, and of course, Patreon all at my name is kingdom. Uh, tune in tonight for 10 questions twice. And, um, Hey, um, enjoy the interview. I'll talk to you again soon. Uh, remember. Find some good trouble to get into. Take care of one another. Your Uncle Kingdom loves you. Hey kids, uh, today's guest is a comic book artist and writer, a masked professional wrestler, a bundle of sheer enthusiasm, and an all-around damn fine fellow. Kids, please welcome Andy Belanger to the Handsome Genius Club. Hey Andy. Hey brother, what's going on? Oh, you know... Gentle Sunday afternoon here with the, the cat has decided to take a nap. And I figured this is the best time to record a podcast while she's distracted by sleep. <laughs> we, uh, we just had to get, I had a cat for 20 years and we had to put her, put him down like, like, uh, last year. But then, uh, when COVID hit, all the mice were like, uh, that would have been around the restaurants, uh, invaded like, uh, all the homes. So we started getting mice like really bad. You know, I'd get up in the middle of the night and, uh, you know, rice, a mouse would run by me or, like, I'd be watching TV and a mouse would, like, come come out and stare at me. Oh, you know, it's like, no way I can catch you. So we had to get a new cat. So we got this new cat named Ninja. I've had her for three months, and I think I've seen her twice. Like, she just hides. Uh, yeah, mine was, uh, listen, my listeners are going to get fed up of me talking about this goddamn cat all the time. But uh, I got I got Chloe uh, just like a couple of days before Christmas and mm-hmm. I've been documenting on the show her uh slow slow evolution into friendliness she she still thinks I'm sketchy but uh <laughs> uh but oh yeah yeah it's like I just I get looks of why are you trying to touch me fuck off yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yesterday, yeah yesterday morning I woke up and she was on the bed for the first time so oh, well, there you go. She is slowly, slowly from uh, from spending the first couple of weeks hiding under my Lego city to uh, to now, like, just circling me like a shark while I sit at the computer <laughs> looking for <laughs> well, attention. I'm, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because I don't know whether you and I have ever talked about this, and I don't think we have. Uh-oh. Because I only noticed it off your Instagram, I think, last year. But did you know I used to work for Lego? Like I worked at the that that St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I worked there for like two years. You motherfucker! 
Yeah, so I, I had to they had yeah, so half the store half the store was actual store. Yeah. And then the other half of the store was the museum part. Okay. And the yeah, and um so I was uh at the end of the night I used to have to clean those museum exhibits and god like damn, like cleaning Lego uh, like dusting Lego gigantic things. Like if you have a city, I know I'm, I'm imagine, you know, yeah. this is a lot of work cleaning those things. You need like the feather dusters and like sometimes vacuums work really well, but it's not an easy clean to clean. No, Lego my when Lego you leave it out for a long time. Yeah. Don't get too close to my city. Cause you'll see. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. but I have a, I have a paintbrush that I bought specifically for, uh, for the tops of buildings. I and um in my in my Amazon wish list there is a small vacuum like a handheld vac that has a br- like a brush the end of it is basically a brush so that it's you like can, a good detail brush yeah yeah I yeah. I I have to get that eventually I was I was working there when they first acquired the Star Wars license oh. so I was able to get uh, my own Millennium Falcon, yeah. and then I was also able to be the guy in the store who built the one for the store. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I like when it came in the store, I built the first Millennium Falcon, and there had been no uh, licensed properties really with Lego to that point. I don't think. Uh, no. They were doing their own stuff all the time, you know, like the the pirates and the Egyptian and the the other stuff. So it was all their own stuff, and yeah. this was like the first first big license deal. And like we were all freaking out at the store, like just like loving it. It was really really cool. So I got to build that and Slave One and a bunch of other stuff that was like in the first uh, sort of like two years of them acquiring that license. Tremendous! I, um, I that was, never that was some knew fun this. stuff. I never yeah, I was. I actually haven't gotten back into it. I'm waiting for my daughter to get a little bit older. She's yeah. three right now. Yeah. She doesn't like Duplo, but we. Uh, when I was a kid, I had Lego, not Playmobil. And Playmobil actually came down in price, so I'm buying her tons of Playmobil because I never had it as a kid, and they make all kinds of crazy cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, that's I, what I'm just thinking. They've got, uh, they've, got, they've got hockey shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zambonis mm-hmm. and Stanley Cups and mm-hmm. players and... Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I just got her all the Scooby Doo stuff. Oh, That's okay. Really cool. Playmobil has yeah. Scooby Doo now. Okay. Oh yeah, the 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 mystery machine is so dope. <laughs> I have a I have a Lego <laughs> mystery machine. Oh, I have the Lego nice. mystery machine, which is sitting on. Uh, I, I as I'm peeking over my monitor, it is uh, it's sitting uh, on the street in front of the Grand Emporium, the uh, the shop. That is a that's it's a work a, of art. It's a good thing. But listen, very cool. I, I have to ask you because yes. you know you, you you you're living two lives at this point. I'm living two. I'm and it's getting well, you're living, you're living more th- intense. You're living three lives, really. Three you're lives. A, yeah. a husband and father, yeah. professional comic book artist, successful yes. comic book artist, and out of nowhere, a few years ago, professional wrestler. How? Yeah. Why and how does a uh, let's let's politely say middle-aged guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Remembering that I am that much older than oh, yeah. you. But oh, how yeah. does how oh, does yeah. a how does a middle-aged successful comic book artist and and husband and father decide to climb into a wrestling ring and start taking bumps? Fuck's the matter with you? Uh yeah, uh, uh, it's uh it's it's getting worse too, my friend. <laughs> it's getting 
<laughs> like you have no idea. You have no idea how much worse it's getting. Um, not in a way that it's bad for me. It's just like my obsession with it is getting far more hardcore. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, it's getting it's getting bad. You're not like, demand um, you're not demanding that your missus call you animal at the at the dinner table, are you? Uh, we, we get called that. Like when we go out, <laughs> it just gets yelled. People because um, you know there's a the fight fight network and RDS two and stuff like that. Yep. So lots of people in town have seen it. And yeah. Montreal's a big wrestling town, so sometimes like. In my own little neighborhood, I'll go to like the grocery store and I'll I'll hear someone be like, "Animal," and it's it's always someone who also is into comic books, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good crossover. Yeah, but, yeah. But how it's a did good this? Crossover. How did this start? So, so it started. Um, so when I was in Toronto, I don't. Uh, you would remember this, but when I was living in Toronto, I don't remember wrestling. Mm. You would have been into it really hardcore, but like I lived uh, Queen West mm-hmm. and Little Italy. And like in Montreal, when when it's not COVID, you just walk down the street and there's wrestling posters everywhere. Yeah. Right. In in Toronto, I don't remember ever seeing them. And in Toronto, Toronto is a funny animal in that it's very cliquey in the way that it's like if you're a musician, you hang out with musicians. If you're into comics, you only hang out with comic book artists. If you're into like you know you you hang out in your group, and the groups don't mingle as much. Mm-hmm. And I found when I moved to Montreal, that was off the table. It was like I was friends with like video game guys and creative directors and chefs and like musicians and everyone just hung out with each other. So it was kind of like a weird thing for me at first because it wasn't all about just me hanging out with other comic book artists, not only to be friends, but to network and, you know, to pay bills and stuff like this. But in Montreal, it was so much different, the the, the landscape. So when I moved here, I, I hooked up with a, a bunch of like uh, creative directors and video game guys and ubisoft yeah um because i was doing comics and i animated the blood dragon trailer for them and uh they just started taking me to wrestling and i had never been to live wrestling the entire time i was in toronto and someone had told me one point there was weird like um like there was some sort of thing in ontario where there there was like insurance problems or something i don't know you would know about this yeah the, the 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 ontario athletics commission uh Boxing and wrestling were uh, handled by a guy named Ken Hayashi, who uh, wielded his power like a cudgel. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe that, and I, I think I didn't have friends that were into wrestling when I lived in Toronto. Yeah. And then when I moved to Montreal, Montreal is such a psychotic wrestling town. Yeah. That um, I got taken to my first uh, battle war match at, at Fouffon Electrique. And... Um, we went in with all my video game friends. We had a bunch of beers and it was my first live indie wrestling show. I was probably, this would have been in 2012, right? So I would have been, you know, like 34, 33, 34 Mm -hmm. and just like freaking out. Like it was the most fun I've ever had. So then I never missed a battle war show. And then IWS started up again. And then I was going to all the, I like Saturday night IWS shows at the, uh, this sort of like theater in uh, St. On, on St. Henry. And uh, I met a guy named Shane Hawk and Shane Hawk um, at the time was really weird. I joked around with the, the guy who runs Zubaz about um, being sponsored by Zubaz. So okay. I was like for a few years, I was slightly sponsored by Zubaz. <laughs> Basically I would do them like drawings and they would just give me like boxes of free Zubaz. <laughs> 
like they got they got me a Zubas, like they got my whole family Zubas. So and then I was I was literally like giving all the wrestlers Zubas, like pants and sweaters, and I was just like the Zubas guy. And um, I met Shane Hawk through Battle War and that, and I started doing posters and T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, Shane Hawk would get me into like the um, heavy metal festival in the summer where he was running wrestling events and. I just got more and more into it like as a fan and then they started a school and um, I think I was like me and uh, flying Frank Milano were like the first students at that school, uh, the IWS dojo. So we started uh, doing classes. I took like, I think I took three classes and the bumps were murder. Yeah. Like, uh, like after a practice, I thought I was going to die from the bumps. So, um, I, and I got a big project around that time, like another book. So for six months, I, I didn't go back. Then when I went back, they had a bunch of people. They had maybe like six or seven students going and I went back and I've been there ever since. Hmm. Um, and it's had like in training, it's had ups and downs. Uh, we had some really exciting times where we had at Martell of Everrise was our, our trainer for like two years. That was really fun. And right before he went to WWE and like, God, I lost 30 pounds with that guy. Because he was also working out like crazy to be in WWE. Yeah. So our classes were just like wild workouts, and I lost like 30 pounds in, in that class. And then um, that's sort of how it began. And, and uh, you know, I was just training most of the time. That was the thing. I wasn't working. I was training. So where a lot of guys, you know, you, you get the Jake the Snake that says, you know, you don't really learn unless you're actually doing the gig and, and you know, going out there and doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I suffered from early in my career. I was training all the time, not doing matches. So it should have been happening simultaneously. And it, it kind of wasn't because my schedule was so insane. Yeah. So I spent most of my time um, training. And then I guess it would have been maybe the year before I wrestled for you. The first time was when I, f- it was like a full year before I, I had come to, to work with you guys, maybe a year and a half. Um, that's when I started doing uh, matches heavier, like, a, you know, one or two a weekend sort of thing from right. then on. And um, <clears throat> and, it, and my schedule is crazy because I go do Comic-Cons once a month too, right? So yeah. it was a, it, my, my time was like really crazy with, the, with wrestling and Comic-Cons and having a family. And when COVID hit, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air for a sec because I was like, I need to slow down because yeah. it's like it was getting insane. It was like every Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd be either at a con or like book for shows. So it was, it was, it was getting to be a bit much, but, um, um, that's sort of how I got into it really. It was just like Shane Hawk kind of got me in and I would say it was like, you know, that second match practice match where, you know, you're really in a wrestling match for the first time was exciting. And then that first match where you're actually in front of fans. And you, you, you know, you, you kind of come out to your entrance and get up there. Like there's no other feeling like that. No, there's not, it's a, no, it, that's there a, not. <laughs> there's no other feeling than performing. It's the most fun thing ever. Um, but I will say I kind of was like, I was given tools to do some things and I knew how to get kind of crazy in front of fans and that kind of stuff. But, um, this is one of the things I want to talk to you. It's almost been a year solid that I've been in private classes uh, with Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, shit. Okay. So just him and I yeah. were, were coming up on a year now. Wow. 
All right. Um, that is yeah, quite so a learning say, tree. Yes. Yeah. So when I'm talking, um, it's hardcore now. I'm talking like it's hardcore. So when I went into him, I was like, I have, I have this set of skills, but like, let's pretend like I was like, let's pretend I, I, I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. So that I can, I can learn from you what you're doing. And, um, yeah, it's been almost in May. It'll be a year. That's, I think it's like late May. That is tremendous. And I mean, sometimes we couldn't, you know what I mean? Like right now, yeah. Vita is in town, so he's got to quarantine for a few weeks. And uh, and then there's times where the government like shuts it all down that you can't. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's not that bad because him and I are in the same bubble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I know he, who he sees, which is virtually no one all the time. Like he's stuck <laughs> here, right? Like he got that the ban. Yeah. Like and which I, is I, up I don't know this you, month apparently. Yeah, it's up this month. Yeah, I don't know whether you. Um, you guys talk about this on your show very much, but God, like the amount of bans that the Americans give wrestlers at the border for five years or 10 years, is, yeah. it should be criminal because it's like, they're only going over there for, you know, 50 to what? one fifty, two hundred 200 bucks. Yeah. And then they ban them for working. And it's like, come on, like, it's ridiculous. They're, they're, they're wrestling. It's not like they're not going over there to like, you know, take $50,000 out of the economy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, so it's just like this power game with border guys and it's a real, and I mean, I go over the border for comic cons all the time, Yeah, you know? And like now when Trump got in power, I quit taking product. Like I, I can't take books with me. I don't take anything with me. I just kind of go Yeah, and I have to like either like I'll contact stores in, that are in that town and get my books like from a store brought over. Yeah. Or like it's so much harder because I wouldn't risk it when Trump got in. I was like, I'm not even. No, I. Uh, I'm not risking this at all. I actually broke my streak of uh, New York Comic Cons when Trump was elected. The and I and I said at the time, um, you know, listen, the, the, this country is getting worse, and I mean, this is pre George Floyd, but certainly not pre. Uh, uh, gun happy cops and and i just it was getting worse and worse and worse and i just i said this is a lottery i don't want to win so i'm not gonna buy a ticket yep you know it might be astronomical odds all the years that i've been to new york never had any problems um but yeah but astronomical odds or not if you don't want to win the lottery don't buy a ticket so i didn't go and then um my artist on uh, Heroes of Homeroom C is a fellow by the name of Carlos Granda, and he's from uh, he's from Colombia. And it was just before that year's uh, the two thousand I guess it was two thousand seventeen, just before the uh, New York Comic Con. It was a couple of days before, and we were on the phone talking, and um, and he said straight up, I, "So am I going to see you this weekend?" And I said, no. And I told him why. And he said, listen, you know, we have a saying here in Colombia. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, oh boy, here yeah. we go. And he yeah. said, just because you hear a bell doesn't mean there's an ice cream truck. Yeah, right. And I thought, okay, I'll see you next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I started going back. I went 2018, 2019 again. Um, yeah. but, yeah, the, the, the whole thing of crossing borders for, you know, like Josh Alexander, who had to, um, he didn't get a ban. He signed a voluntary letter. Basically, it was like, 
you can you can try this again mm-hmm. or and, and and get caught and we ban you for five years or you can sign this letter saying you know you won't cross the border to work right and and so you know for a for a long time he he just would not wrestle in the states uh yeah. I, I think he maybe went once or twice uh you know i think he went on his honeymoon and uh <laughs> and and was like uh, hmm this is still kind of nervous making but oh yeah yeah so I think uh, Uno and Stu were still under the ban when they went to AEW. Oh yeah. And uh Andrew and IWS actually had to like help fill out some paperwork to 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 make it a f- like an official thing that he, they could work over there. Wow. That's it's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's only it's it's wrestling. It's like yeah. come on. But it's, then it's, you know then I I I once got stopped uh going to Buffalo Airport to do I was going to fly out of Buffalo to do uh North Carolina Comic Con and uh That's my favorite one. Oh yeah. Heroes and, is the best one. Yep. Uh they uh no 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 not Heroes. Oh you're doing not the, Heroes. Uh, North Carolina Comic Con. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I've I've never been to Heroes. Oh, it's amazing. I want to go to Heroes. Um but I I I had some I had um uh, convention editions with me of First Hero number 1. And um, they oh, quizzed no. me for yeah. like a half a friggin' hour. Yeah, you know it's so ridiculous. You have like you have like even if you had fifty books, it's like yeah. uh, come on. Yeah, so it's such low numbers that it's like these these guys at the border. It's just like anyway. I mean, if any of them are listening, I don't even do it anymore. And like it was getting <laughs> to the point where I would go to the airport and I was pulled off to the side 50% of the time. Mm. And then uh, the last time I got pulled off to the side, which was the last time I had two years, like pretty free, uh, knock on wood. One of the guys took me aside. He's like, so what do you do? And I was like, you know, I'm uh, what I would say is I, uh, as I write and draw science fiction books. Mm-hmm. And the guy looked at me and he's like, okay, we got to go in the back room. We went in the back room. And he's like, uh, I only took you in the back room. Cause I collect your books. <laughs> oh shit! Like your comic books. He was like, "What's with this science fiction thing?" And I was just like, "You know, if you're a little more vague, he's like, it's okay, I get it." So he just wanted to chat, and I was like, "So, like, what's the deal? It's like, why do I get pulled over every like half the time? It's like I'm, you know, yeah. I, like I get taken to these places just to like sign autographs <laughs> for like some some swamp things that people have." Yeah. And he was like, "It's because you look like a biker." He was like, straight up, you look like a biker, you have a giant beard, you're a big guy, and they just straight up think you have drugs. And I was like, oh. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. So yeah. I finally know I finally know how I yeah. I fucking cruise through all the time, because usually now I, uh, I approach... Uh, I approached border guards with a big goofy smile on my face. Oh, me too. Me too. The border, the border face. And yeah, and I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting border. Uncle Phil goodwill. I know what it is now. I'm totally getting. Look at this guy. Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he's gonna hustle with pool to save Will. I yeah. yeah that's fine. I, I put the brim of my baseball hat all the way up. And yeah. Have like a big goofy smile, and they just look at me like. They're just like, ugh, this nerd can't be doing anything yeah. bad. The best, <laughs> the best get out of jail, uh, free card I ever had at the border was crossing the border in Buffalo one time. 
They, the guy asked me, what do you do? I say, I'm a strip club DJ. And he goes, really? And I go, here, wait, hold on. And I pull out the photo of me and Mike Tyson on the stage at my club. And he's like, oh, fuck. Do you actually have that? Yeah. Oh, man, that's dope. You have to show me that one time. I have to see that. That's, I mean, that's a story, my friend. That's a night. It's, Whatever uh, that it's, was, that it's, was a night. Uh, pre-facial <laughs> tattoo. Pre-facial oh tattoo, yeah. Still, still the Terminator. Yeah. You're up there partying with the Terminator. He's like really sweet in real life. He is. He, he, yeah, well, I mean, like I, you guy. know, I'm not a, I'm not a girl, so. Well, sure. I'm not sure, a girl. Like, I'm not a girl and it's not the early nineties, so. Yeah. As far as being friendly, I hear he's like pretty cool. Yeah. Though the, uh, yeah. anyways, uh, before I get off on strip club, uh, stories yeah, right. All right. My friend, you have to tell us who is the <sighs> animal Bob Anger? Uh, well, this is a true story. It, it, it came out of um, it came out of it was actually invented by Shane Hawk. Oh, okay. Um, we were in class, and you know when you when you first start training, you're coming up with ideas for gimmicks and characters and stuff. And for a while, I wanted to be a character called Your Dad. Oh, it's God. just everyone I fought, I'd be their dad, right? And I come <laughs> out like in a Cosby sweater and Dockers and like a rolled up newspaper, yeah, and beat on them until the match got going, and then I'd like, come back, take it off, and I'd have like a dirty wife beater, and it would be like drunk dad oh. would be beating you up. <laughs> oh God! So anyway, it was a real dumb gimmick, but it was just something I, I like. You as a wrestler, you come up with five thousand yeah. stupid gimmicks in yeah. your head yeah. all of the time. So I had that gimmick, and but uh, I mean, I was out of shape when I first came. I had been a cartoonist for over a decade, solid, you know, never left the table. So I was also getting in shape. So to do stuff like up and overs and like you know all, all you know all the stuff we do in wrestling roles and mm-hmm. you know all the stuff that you really have to like give it. You know, I, I would kind of like yell while I did it, and so he was like, just started calling me animal, right? And then I was like, how can I? how can I actually like take this nickname that I have in class and make it into a character? So I started, you know, thinking about, you know, Craven the Hunter and, you know, it's kind of like if you took all iterations of wrestling animals and mixed them with like Craven the Hunter yeah, is sort of the idea for the animal, but also he's kind of like, he's, it's a bit of a goofy guy. So he has like, you know, he kind of has like a like a southern drawl sometimes in his promos, and he's just like uh, he's just like this sort of like wacky character. But um, there's gonna be some sort of like new iteration after this year. Okay. So there's a fight going on with uh, Speedball and I. He wants to get rid of the mask, and I'm like, I won't get rid of the mask, but we'll get rid of being goofy. Okay. Um, is as I think what's going to happen. I like, so. I, I, I like that. I like that speedball. Is, that Mike is taking enough interest in you that he's he's seeing something that maybe even you're not seeing. He's projecting forward and uh, yes. and trying to move you in a direction. I like that. Yeah, big time. I mean, he, we we talk about it all the time, and we talk about wrestling goals and yeah, what I want to do with wrestling. You what, know, what do you want to do with wrestling? Um, my, my goals, as far as wrestling goes, I mean, the benefits for me for wrestling is a, a, you stay in shape when you want to, when you're wrestling, but also, uh, the mental factor, especially in COVID, but on a regular basis, 
Um, I get, I'm so, such a competitive person mm-hmm. inside comic books. Um, it, it gets negative. I get negative a lot in when I'm focused only on comic books. Um, I'm just competitive. And when other people get a gig, I, I, it's petty, but when other people get a gig that I think I deserve, then I get really upset or, you know, and it, it's ridiculous. It's also pointless. But when wrestling is in my life, it take a, the physicality of wrestling and be just thinking about wrestling all the time takes my head out of the game as far as the that that competitiveness in comics yeah and just lets me focus on my comics cool so if i'm thinking about wrestling in new japan and you know if uh, you know i'm thinking about what uh, great okan is doing right now i don't think about all the the negative aspects that 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 kind of like squirrel its way into my life as far as my profession go and i'm sure professional wrestlers get it too they get so competitive about their, like oh, spots fuck, yeah. in wrestling that Jesus. yeah they get negative on each they get negative on each other and uh and i'm at an age where it's unhealthy like it's not good for you to behave like that and feel like that all the time it's yeah. just you're filling your your space with negative energy and um wrestling gets rid of that for me yeah everybody in comics. everybody in yeah. wrestling has uh you know even the even the most well uh centered people have their delusional moments uh you know fighting for fighting for scraps in uh in a post apocalyptic wasteland that we've yes. made up ourselves all you have yes. to do is blink your eyes and you're and it's gone uh yeah. but uh there are people that I've met who are so frigging delusional about uh professional wrestling and their place in that universe that it's just it's just scary and frightening and it's embarrassing mm-hmm. to think uh you've that you yourself have ever had that moment it's like, yeah it's like if you're yeah, i'm embarrassed if i'm you're, embarrassed of my behavior and my feelings and uh i haven't done anything really about it i'm not quiet about you know i can be a i can bitch about it but i do it with my close friends but like you know people have done it about me to actual editors and people in charges of companies and stuff yeah so that i don't get work and that's happened many times yeah and um shitty and yeah and it's like what do you do just go fight them like you can't you know, and you want to, but like, you know, it's like making comics. You can't go over and beat the shit out of them. It's not like, oh, like in wouldn't a it wrestling be... dressing room where everyone's actually like capable of like being in that scenario. You know, it's like some guy was just like, you know, I, I had found out that people had like said that I was like an alcoholic to like the head of the head of Marvel. Oh, my God. And And I was like. I was like, well, the guy who was a talent talent guy and now is the head of Marvel. And I just got like really pissed off. But like those are things that damage your career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've never worked for Marvel. So it's kind of like, hmm, I wonder why. Um, So, you know, you find these things out, but you can't go over there and beat the the shit out of them. It would be. It would be so fucking nice, though, wouldn't it? It would be the the best. there There is a publisher here in Canada who I have... I'm not going to say his name this time. I don't think. Oh, you do. You you don't have to. I know who it is for sure. Yeah, and I've I've. Well, I'm pretty sure I told you. You didn't. Story. Even, you don't even. No, you don't even have to tell me a story. I know all of them that you would. I can think of at least three of them. That you could have like 
without saying anything. Just there is a publisher <laughs> that is Canadian, and I'll be like, it's one of these three guys. Okay, but yeah, he, um, I have, I have spoken openly about um, uh, why I owe him a smack, and okay, yeah, and that I, um, I, I don't, I don't want to. But I feel like I feel like it should happen at some point. <laughs> like I yeah. feel I feel like I'm I feel like I'm letting the home team down if at one point I don't I don't walk up to him and just say, "Hey, remember how much you suck?" and just cracking him one. Yeah. And uh uh it, it he's he, I'll I'll tell you, he's very lucky the the incident that brought all this on was just before a fan expo uh a handful of years ago and uh he's very lucky that his wife went into labor and he didn't come to the convention because at that point i was still hot enough to do it right there in artist alley oh i think i know you're talking about (laughs) how long ago was this this was uh 2000 16 or 17 okay yeah i know who you're talking about yeah 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 i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah Yeah. changing the name of your company doesn't hide you from the fact that you suck yep nope no i know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about Mm -hmm. yeah there you go that's a vague tweet (laughs) yeah i know exactly you're talking about but um yeah, I mean that that stuff happens. You know what I mean? Like one of the 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 top creators in comic books was spreading around that I was trying to screw everyone's wife, him and his uh, him and his agent, and uh, wow. his agent is actually my buddy's agent too. So there's, you know, it's always this weird, uncomfortable scenario where we end up having to hang out together, and it's like, hey, remember when you know for a few years you're talking shit about me, telling telling people that I was trying to screw everyone's wife, like. Wow. You know, and I, w- I had a girlfriend at the time, and it's just like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, so drunkenly, I, I, you know, kind of like went up to both of them, and they both like apologized, like profusely. But it's like, that doesn't change the, like the the years of damage you did to me. Yeah. You know, it's it's really really shitty. But anyway, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you know, wrestling. Bob the animal. Bob what? The wait, animal I, came I, about. You're you're Bobby you're animal. you're yeah. getting ready. You're getting ready for the comeback. Uh, we're we're on the verge. We're on yeah. the verge of we're returning. We're in the heat right to... now. Of this we're in the heat right now. Of this conversation, I like it. Yeah, we're in the, the heat. We're about to come to the comeback. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I got into got into the wrestling and got into performing. And um, I would say right before COVID, it would have been about a year and a half. I started aggressively uh doing matches more and more and uh as opposed to just you know doing the reps in the in the training facility it was and we would do matches but when you're doing practice matches in class um when we were starting in iws we were doing a lot of full matches but you know four or five minute matches Mm -hmm. where you go through everything you know you you do your your shine your heat your cutoff your heat you know your your comeback your finish falsies you know um, but we would do also, uh, as that went on, the class got so big that you couldn't have those matches. So it just got to be, you would do a piece of a match. So I wasn't working full matches for like, I would say like two years. There wasn't a lot of full match stuff happening. I was working matches, you know, every so often, but mm-hmm. not to the point where I was really like learning. So despite, you know, being like three years in, there was still a lot of green. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, even, even when I, I, I came to, to wrestle for you guys 
um, it was, things were just starting to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm at the five year mark and it was like just starting to, to happen for me. Mm. And then, and then COVID hit. So that takes the, the window to your sales. And I was working on a big animation project, but you had scheduled me to wrestle, um, Josh Alexander, who is like my idol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so amazing and whether it had been a squash match or whether it had been like a like something really really fun um i was just like kind of blown away but i i knew i wasn't ready for that match really and yeah I, no 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 like uh, the one with holden was was great um i could have done a lot better i definitely shouldn't have invited my brothers that was pretty dumb yeah he'll he tell, he'll tell you that. that he'll tell oh, you no, that he himself and, and no, that was completely fair. Like he was trying to save me. They <laughs> yeah. held him back, and I and I hit the floor. Yeah. Um, but I didn't hit the floor. I actually broke my fall with with a, a chair. So it was fine. Like I saw the chair and kind of like f- finagled a little. So it, <laughs> it it worked, and it, it was great. And um, uh, it was it was a really fun match. Yeah. But um, but the Josh. next one was going to be with Josh. And yeah. Josh, whatever Josh does, is he's going to make look good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But. Um, and you're going to learn from him. Yes. Yes. Uh, like you have no idea how excited I am about that. Yeah. Like super excited. But after a year of being like in speedballs tree. Yeah. Now Josh has got some real shit coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Cause yeah, I, he's you got know, the real deal coming. And like, um, I couldn't make it to Toronto when he, when, uh, speedball had the match against Josh, which yeah. I, I thought was, fantastic mm. like i thought it was great um but like I studied that match like very very hardcore and my outlook on wrestling is so much different from even when i was wrestling for you like the obsession now is is wild i would say cool for for pro wrestling and but you know you're like you're a middle-aged human being so yeah you know i've got a clock so when we talk about <laughs> goals for the animal and goals for myself i want to be wrestling you know top guys in quebec um in my hometown so that you know i can i can work here and not have to travel too much but mm-hmm. uh with comic cons like you go to comic cons and you've been a wrestler at our age the travel is the bitch yeah so the idea of of working my even at my age like even like I wouldn't say a pipe dream, but even like a crazy dream where, you know, a scenario opens up where I go to NXT, you know, like my old trainers there, like speedball might go there, you know, like people might go to, to there and like, I know people even then it's like if, if everything opened back up the 300 days on the road, I'm not doing it my age. No. Like when I do 15 cons a year, I'm done. Like I'm sick of the hotels. I'm sick of the flights. I'm sick of the waiting in line at the border. I'm sick of, you know, just like when your flights canceled, like having to sleep. Like I went to a San Diego comic con one time, man. And I spent more time in the airport than I did in the entire show for three days. I was at the airport for a collective of five days sleeping there both ways. That's that is fucked up. Yeah. So it was like, I can't handle that anymore. Yeah. Sleeping on the floor of an airport at my age, like in the you know early 40s, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So the idea of like traveling for wrestling is not like something I, – when I say travel, like I'll go to Toronto. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would stay like – you know, I'd drive to New York. But like anything five, six-hour drive is fine. But like the idea of, of like, you know – 
being on the road for 300 days is not something I no, would ever do. I, um, my, my limit, my driving limit used to be, you know, like s- between seven and eight hours. And then I, yeah. I just, uh, this is, this, I got to get out of this car. This can't have, I, this is where I need to sleep. Yes. And, and now I took, uh, a couple of times I made the, uh, I made the trip to FLQ in Montreal and six hours and, and it was like, uh, oh. you know, uh, I think the first time was just after I effed up my hip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just pain for hours. I crammed into a car with a bunch of guys. And it's like, you know, I, I, I'd rather just, just just put Psycho Mike Rollins in my lap so that I can sit more comfortably. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, so I, I understand the idea of, of the travel is no. Yeah. No, 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 no. My my goal is to um, work a match in Japan. Yeah, that's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting to wrestle in UK and in Italy, because um, both those places I plan on going to a lot in the next like ten years. So if I can do that stuff, we're we're talking about that, and local stuff would be super fun. You know what I mean? Um, if there's a wrestling scenario where it's like in a location that doesn't move, I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. But the idea of being like the the touring around for forever, it's not. I'm too old for that. Yeah, it's uh, that's too much. That's too much. And who knows what's going to happen when this starts up? I think it's. You, I don't think you're going to see WWE doing that kind of travel in the style that they were. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that there'll be you know three simultaneous WWE tours uh, booting around the country uh, anymore. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know what touring is going to look like for anybody after this. Yeah. Um. I I, I think I think for uh, WWE and possibly for AEW. I think the age of the house show is dead. I think you think it's dead. Yeah, I think they will. Uh, I think they'll tour for TV, and 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 that'll be it. Yeah, you know, I just, oh yeah, you like when they were doing the house shows and not televised. Yeah, yeah. There's no. Yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think they'll do house shows because I, what is a house show except for a chance to sell merch? Well, eh, sell merch yeah. online. You know, I yeah, think exactly. I think they'll continue touring for Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views, you know, and AEW touring for, uh, you know, for Dynamite and for, you know, whatever, if they establish a second show uh, mm-hmm. on TV. But other than that, no, I don't. I, I think I think the days of the big company house shows are dead. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I, I could totally see that happening. I, I can't see touring on the same scale as they were before uh for like another five years yeah like i would say that for sure yeah i think even with like vaccines rolling out and stuff like that it's going to be a long time before yeah that that, happens, hey, may, maybe the house shows come back in the future but uh no time soon no time soon at, at all they'll be they'll be eager to tour for uh maybe for pay-per-view mm-hmm. i think pay-per-view will be the first be the first thing back where you know for the for the one show a month they go somewhere and then they'll start sneaking raw back into it uh you know and smackdown back into it but 
Yeah, house shows, man. Fuck that. It's yeah, I think I, I think you're right. There'll, yeah, there'll be there'll be no there'll be no random Thursdays in Boise, Idaho, anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a, it was getting really exciting because the the thought of coming to work for you on a on a more regular basis was getting very exciting. Because yeah. Obviously, you 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 saw from the first time I came. Uh, all my friends are there. All my family's there. Like I can fill a wrestling venue with like pals that never see me. Yeah. And then I get to see my family and I get to see my friends. And, yeah. Like, it wasn't upsetting me. With you. Yeah. What? <laughs> it, it did not upset me to have your people yeah, no. come out. Yeah. No, it was good. It was so fantastic. So, um, you know, getting to come back to Toronto for, for that, um, is a is a very a very uh, exciting prospect. It's very cool. So I hope you and the and you and Union when this is over get back up running like crazy because I'm gonna help yeah. promote the shit out of you guys. Lenny and I, Lenny and I, Lenny Lilac and I have talked about it, and uh, it's not gonna be right away. But I I think we'll get one in before the end of the year, and then uh, see how we go about uh, a more regular schedule. I have to actually, I have to call the venue because I've got them booked for April and uh, that's going to have to move, man. <laughs> yeah, no I booked doubt. them, I booked them, listen, swear to God, yeah. I booked them 18 months in advance for Friday, April 9th because it's my fucking birthday. It's oh, my, it's my, fi- it's my 50th birthday. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to book, I, this is where I want to have it. I'm going to book <sighs> them up a year and a half in advance. And they giggled when I did it like, yeah, sure, you can have it. And then yeah. I called them back a few months later and said, "Hey, can I have Saturday the tenth as well?" And they yeah. said, "Yeah, sure, it's yours." And now, oh, man. Yeah, man, <laughs> they must be waiting. Make that phone call now before they, yeah. they like cry about it. But yeah, yeah. Imagine. and that that venue has a special place in my heart because we used to throw Halloween parties there for like three years straight. Oh, uh, I yeah, I would like mm. to do more uh, varied events there, but um, yeah, so love it. Okay, so we talked about the wrestling. Let's talk about the comics. Tell me about Mother Trucker, my friend. So Mother Trucker has been in the the oven for four years. Mm. And one of the reasons I also became the animal and got into wrestling was to... Originally, the idea was I was getting into it to research for the greatest wrestling comic of all time. Okay. It was my thoughts. Like, I'm going to write this book, I'm going to draw this book, but I'm going to become a wrestler, learn the lingo because there is a language to, to the sport. Oh, There's yeah. a language to the way people treat each other. When you see behind the scenes of what it's like with promoters and other wrestlers, like I really wanted to get that life experience to, to write about. Um, Mother Trucker was pretty close to the idea. So there's a character in there named Big Rig. I didn't even even know Luke Harper went by Big Rig. Oh, Okay. I totally forgot. So I have a character named Big Rig, and now it's adorable because it feels like an ode to Luke Harper. Yeah. So I'm very happy about it. But the whole story was wrapped around this Big Rig character uh, and his his daughter, his estranged daughter. And then when I was in Italy, I got the idea to make it about the mom, so about Mother Trucker. Uh, and Mother Trucker is basically uh, – she's like a like an intergalactic uh, uh, Wonder Woman who is like a, a trucker. And um, space truckers, in order to uh, acquire new contracts, have to wrestle each other <laughs> to get those contracts. And the contracts are the belts. So you would get a belt every time you win a new contract. Mm-hmm. So a contract might be you're shipping for Walmart or you're shipping for 
uh, in the first issue, your your ship, your your wrestling, the, the two guys are wrestling for uh, a company called uh, Lighthouser, which is like, you know, uh, um, Highliner Fish Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> They're wrestling for the the fish stick contract, and um, and uh, the back of your rig that, that uh, turns into a ring. Like a transformer. Yeah. So so they they wrestle for these contracts and Mother Trucker, um, uh, a, a big thing goes down at at uh, Truck Off Three, where Big Rig goes off against Gigantruck, which is basically like Hulk versus Andre, and when he gives them the uh, the um, it's called the Stairway to Heaven and the Highway to Hell, and it's mm. a move where he has rockets on his feet and he he get, he has a guy in a press slam and he flies up like eight stories and then drops them down into like a, into like a, a power slam. Um, the, the whole city of Neo Houston explodes, <laughs> right? In, in a, in a bomb and, uh, everyone gets wiped out except mother trucker is still alive and her, and her truck is impervious to these kind of things because it's a space truck. So her kid lives through it. So the whole story is kind of like mother trucker becoming, a uh, uh, you know, a truck off champion, and then she discovers that she actually had a kid at one point and, and is sort of like on this thing to find a kid. But it's basically, you know, like a He-Man or She-Ra in space with just pure wrestling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, so and we, you uh, you kickstarted this bastard. Yes. So over the last, I would say, two, three years, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of trends in comics um, where it's becoming more corporate. Um they're changing the target audience, which is, you know, fine, but it left, uh, it's leaving a gigantic hole for, for, uh, you know, a market that was there that, you know, when I was 13, I was really into heavy metal magazine. Um, I was really into a certain style of comic. Like I was, I was into European comics and, and the mainstream comic market is going the other way. They're scaling, I would say like, 20, 30 years younger on their content. Um, even the art style's changing to be way more kid-friendly and manga. Mm-hmm. Um, so right across the board, I was seeing this, and myself and a lot of 20-year veterans, we're not getting work anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? We've been in the business 20, 30 years, and we're not getting gigs anymore. So, you know, like I've been pitching samples to Marvel, I would say, for two and a half years. Uh, once a month. Yeah just with no traction. And I know everyone there. Same with DC. I know the head of Batman. He's been a friend of mine for like 20 years now. He gave me my first job in comics on Friday the 13th. Mm. He's now in charge of Batman. I send him stuff all the time. Just nothing ever. So it's kind of like, okay, um, I, I, I don't see anyone making the kind of comics I want to make, which yeah. is like sci-fi wrestling comics, you know, like stuff that would feel very He-Man in 80s. I just don't see it being made. And I was like, kind of like, Okay, like I want to make my own comic, but I just don't know how to do it. Because this is going to sound really stupid. <laughs> I thought you had to have a graphic novel to publish on Kickstarter. Okay. What? Yeah, for some reason I thought you had to have a full graphic novel done. So I was like, I can never do a full graphic novel's worth of work. So I'll never be able to kickstart. And my buddy <laughs> Carl, who does Isola for Image at the studio, is like, you meatball, you can just do an it, like do an issue and kickstart it. And I was like, oh, I can do an issue in a month. What? So, um, I sort of like set to work on, uh, over COVID putting together, um, my first issue of mother trucker and getting everything set up and learning all about Kickstarter 
and we did almost thirty thousand dollars on our first uh, on our first go out. Yeah. So um, it was uh, really successful. I'm into the second one right now, um, and uh, yeah, this is now my life for the next four years. Um, myself, Carrie Nord, and Carl Kershaw, we're starting a company called Lethal Comics, where our whole business model is off of Kickstarter. Very nice. So we make comics for two months and then kickstart for one, make comics for two months and kickstart for one. And then we're helping each other with resources. So it's almost like a music label where it's like, um, uh, you, you know, like I'm, I'm uh, like Metallica and Carrie's Megadeth and like Carl's Anthrax, you know what I mean? But yeah. we have the same music label. So there's no bosses in our company. It's just like, you know, we're just utilizing each other's, you know, resources and fan base and that kind of thing. So it's an umbrella to basically create a brand and a, and a fan base and get people into our into our stuff. Very good. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my next like three four years. That's what. Uh, and you've that's uh, what we're looking at. You've got you've got the first issue in hand, don't you? Yeah, we I got them last week. Um, I'm waiting for a bunch of stuff that I had printed in California mm-hmm. to come in. But basically, there's all the all the tiers are, are are set aside at the studio on piles, ready to rock. Uh, um, I am very much looking forward to to getting my copy. Oh yeah, so uh, I, I'm I'm padding yours. You're gonna get a bunch of stuff. Oh well, hey, this yeah, does, yeah, yeah. This all, does all not upset friends, me either. <laughs> yeah, all my friends that that back me, they're not. If, you know, if they just got the comic, they're getting a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sneeze yeah. at it. Yeah, so it's uh, the comics all wrestling. The first one has like a few, few crazy wrestling matches and some crazy stuff. And um, I'm, I'm working on the second one right now, where she fights a, a like a girl tag team duo in a chain fight, and um, it's gonna be really, really cool. I'm really pumped about it. And then uh, you know, it just keeps going. So the way that each issue works is it can be its own story a little bit, and there's always a match. Like there's always a wrestling match every. Uh, book of mother trucker yeah so uh that way you know because it, it, it the thing with image is like you know you're buying issue three or two and you have the the issue that just not a lot's happening you yeah. know what i mean uh you're kind of like oh this is the filler issue and that's what leads people to be like oh i'm just gonna wait for a trade you know what i mean yeah. i don't want it to feel like that like i don't even know when i'm gonna do trades and, and i'm not planning on it mm-hmm I'm just going to keep putting out the, the books, but they're quarterly. So it's going to be three or four a year. Yeah. Um, I realize quarterly is four, but, um, you know, we have some other plans that might go in the works for some anthology stuff that I'll have to, to work on. But, okay. um, all right. Um, yeah, we might do like a lethal anthology where we all do like short stories and yeah. stuff like that. Well, I'm just, so, I'm, it actually made me think about, uh, uh, skull kickers, Jim Zub's book where yeah. after each, uh, story arc, there was an anthology issue of short stories. Yeah, we want to do stuff like that inside the studio. Yeah, to, to also help, like you know, grow us as a company. Yeah, and um, so we might do something like that this year too. Um, so if that happens, I'll do three three mother truckers in 2021. If not, I'll do four. Yeah, and um, there's going to be six, I guess, in the first arc, and then the second arc. I wrote the second arc before I wrote the first arc. So the, the, the second arc is finished. Like all, all the writing's finished for the second arc. Mm-hmm. And then, the, and then I had to go back and write the first arc. And then, uh, I have a really vague idea about the third, but yeah, this is my business model for the next like four or five years, like I would say. And, um, it's, it's, it's so much different and so cool. Like, 
right now comics there are people writing comics for Marvel and DC, but you should know like the the storylines and ideas that they have for stuff are always event driven and it's kind of like you know, it's your editor kind of like telling you what you can and can't do and it's very restrictive. Yeah. You know, and you're not playing with your own toys. Yep. So um we don't have editors. We don't have people telling us what we can and can't do. And it feels weird, to be honest. Like, uh, that's what we're finding. We're, we're loving it. We feel completely free. But it's also weird because it's like we're doing stuff that uh, – Yeah, where's, know, that, where's that interference that you're used to? <laughs> yeah, it's just not there. And we're, like, freaking out. Like, like I remember there was, like, a lot of talk where we had to, like, sit down as, like, a, a group. Like, like, and I got people to come in and be like, listen, I really think I'm going to have boobs in this comic. And like we had to talk about it, we talked about, and like I went back and forth, and people were like, "You can't do that. You can't do that. You'll be treated like this. You'll be treated like that." Yeah, I was kind of like, "Well, who gives a shit?" You know, like, yeah, isn't this about being as crazy and and nuts as you want to be? And so, like, as soon as I went that way, all the people that were saying nay, they're like. No, it's way better with. It's way better with. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm I'm still at the point where I think if I draw something uh, even mildly pornographic in one of my comic strips, it's going to affect the fact that I'm trying to establish a career as basically a children's writer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is somebody is yeah. somebody going to read my comic strip where I uh, where I I have a couple uh, going at it in in one of the uh, like the 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 bathroom displays at IKEA going to yeah. affect me dealing with scholastic 5 years from now. <laughs> well, what happens like you know Chip Zdarsky? Yep. In, in comics. Well, yeah, Chip Zdarsky's yeah. real name is Steve Murray. Uh I that's long out of the the back. Yeah. I'm not like Yeah. I'm not killing his kayfabe over here. <laughs> um but um he he did the Chip Zdarsky thing so he could do adult content. Yeah. And then Steve Murray is the one that does stuff that when he does kids' books and things like that, that happens. So, I mean, you could be in that scenario, and the animal Bob Anger is the one that, that writes and draws Mother Trucker, not Andy Blanchet. <laughs> So. Are, uh, are, are you guys, uh, <laughs> guys going to uh, set up shop with Diamond to distribute? I don't think so. No? Um, I have stores that have approached me, and... Uh, bought in on kickstarter i've had mm-hmm. four stores that came in and bought in heavy mm-hmm. to get tons of the books yeah um so i'm gonna run that way i think i'm going to because i have such a surplus of books i'm probably gonna approach you know email approach uh, a bunch of stores to see if they want to carry it mm-hmm. um and see what we can do on on price and things like that yeah but i think keeping it rare for the first little while is probably what we're going to do like keep it quiet keep it rare um and and let the let the quality of the work from the three of us really start to um, filter out that we're the we're the cool kids and that we're going to be doing the best work. Excellent. And then and then from there let it grow because I mean I only sold, you know we almost made thirty thirty k but I only sold uh, less than three hundred copies. Mm. Right. So it's like a different thing. It's about uh, like a lot of them came with original art. A lot of them came with, they all come with like posters and stickers and all this extra stuff that you wouldn't get in there. So when I was talking to the stores, so like, how do we justify charging this amount on a, on a comic? I'm like, well, a, it's, you know, 36, you know, 38 pages. Um, B, it comes with like three posters and stickers and 
it comes with a bunch of extra stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, you, you, you can charge more and it's rare. You know what I mean? It's not something that everyone's going to get because we're not with a publisher. And I, I think that's really weird. I don't know if you've noticed, but like Keanu Reeves book Berserker and like Noctera from Scott Snyder are immediately in the stores. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't people kickstart these to like, uh, you know, probably paying, you know, double, triple that and then shipping. Yeah. And then you, you kind of just turn around and sell it to a store where they can get it for five bucks. Um, I think you're killing your Kickstarters there, mm-hmm. you know, I and it's not that. really, I, yeah. And we talk about this all the time. Like our, our decisions that we're going to have in the company when we're moving forward with what we want to do with product, is it screwing our Kickstarter uh, uh, fans? And we, we, we have to side with the Kickstarter fans first every time. Yeah. So immediately going to the stores is not something we're going to do. So, We've talked about maybe the trades go to the stores. You know what I mean? Like that's what we do. Um, and then, but still, we're kind of like on this scenario where we're like, is giving the trades to the stores kind of like screwing Kickstarter fans out of what they're doing? Um, we don't know. We're probably going to do a survey where we actually ask these questions to see what people think. Yeah. But um, yeah, our, our, the Kickstarter fans have to come first, and we're helping. Like I talked to the woman who runs it now, the head of publishing. Yeah. And we're like really committed to like helping Kickstarter do its thing. Like I pitch Mother Trucker to like every publisher. Yeah. Like DC, Image, Boom, all of them. No one took it. Yeah. As soon as they hear wrestling and comics, yeah. They run for the hills. <laughs> they run for it. And I was like and I'm and every time I'm like you haven't seen me do it. Yeah. You haven't seen me do it. <laughs> yeah. I am like it's going to be different. You know what I mean? Like, so, and even different, there are no wrestling comics. Like what the, what do they have to, what do they have to like compare it to? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's just this weird thing. Like I was literally in a meeting with, you know, um, an editor at DC. We're talking about wrestling comics and he's like, I don't like wrestling. And I was like, but you edit Batman. He's like, yeah. I was like, you realize it's like virtually the same thing. The only difference is there's a ring. Like, like yeah. do you do you hate the idea of like Batman always going to fight in the same like arena or something? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand because like they're both both men in tights, both like good and evil. Like, it's all there. So when when and you would not believe Kingdom how many times I get this. Like, I'll be at a party and like I'll be talking to like comic fans. And like big comic guys will come over and be like, I don't get why you like that wrestling stuff. And I was like, you draw, you draw Batman, you draw Batman. Yeah. I was like, dude, like, look at these pictures. Look at this video. I am Batman. (laughs) 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 Look at this top rope clothesline. line. I am Batman. (laughs) Fuck. That's awesome. And I get it all the time. I get it all the time, and yours is so ignorant, and it's like ridiculous. So well, I, I, let's talk about the flip side of that. Do you, have you had a hard time being taken seriously as a wrestler because you're an established comic book creator? What do you think? Well. <laughs> 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 okay, should I just cool. should I just ask what's Do you the think anyone wants me to play in their sandbox? No, like, but should no. I so should, no. I should just ask what's the dumbest thing somebody said to you about it? 
No, it, it, <laughs> the thing is, like, I get is like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And I and and I have to tell them, and I, I like I. It's funny because like I don't know if you saw David Arquette's movie. I haven't seen it yet. I tried to watch it on uh, on Amazon Prime, and it uh, not even oh. not even my uh, not even my VPN could fool them into. <laughs> it was like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We think you're yeah. an American account, but you're in Canada, aren't you? Yeah, or, right. no, or, or or vice versa. You're you're a Canadian account, but you're yeah. in California, so no. Yeah, that movie is a is a tough watch for me. Yeah, uh, and uh, I almost worked with David at Heavy Metal Magazine. Oh. He called me on the phone. We chatted a couple times, and mm. he's he's great. He's a lovely dude. Yeah, he's really cool. I like David Arquette a lot. He's like super cool. We even tried to get him at IWS. Like, as soon as like uh, Manny and Andrew heard I was talking to him, they're like, yeah, "You gotta get him for a show." So yeah, <laughs> I I, like, I, I, try, I I tried to get him for a union show too. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, maybe if RJ City comes and like that kind of stuff." But um, the first part of that movie feels really like a hard watch because there's a lot of like stuff where he's going through being a victim and seems like he had some mental stuff, but watching the wrestling part feels very made for a movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're getting into wrestling, the first thing I'm not, I'm going to do is not go to a backyard wrestling match with like light tubes. Yeah. That, that never happens. And then even some of the training stuff he goes through, you're kind of like, that's kind of not how that works. But what was interesting was just, because he was in WCW, how wrestlers just treat him like a clown or mm. like doesn't belong there. Um, I get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get that. Like, why are you doing this? And even though I like I've been at the training facility this whole time, IWS tr like uh, uh, guys in training don't treat me like that. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, the higher up and uh, higher up wrestlers in Quebec, you know, I would say half of them treat me like that. And I, I attribute it to, like, sometimes it's just the French thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm English, they're French, so that's a thing in Quebec. But, uh, you know, also, you know, it's kind of like I'm an established, uh, successful thing at one thing. Why am I now invading their area to try and take from them? Yeah. And I can feel that in the locker room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, every year that passes, that gets a little easier with with uh the quebec crew mm -hmm. so it's getting easier in quebec but yeah yeah of course i feel it and um you know and i think it, it, it hurts me but um I, I have to say like uh we don't talk about it much but um you know uh speedball is sort of like taking me under his wing and i feel like we're like pretty close friends now mm -hmm. um he's the one guy that's at that level that has taken me very seriously and i get that i pay for it you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's a little bit beyond that now where it's like we, you know, we're training together and, it, and it's a thing. And like, you know, he's trying to stay somewhat in shape because, you know, when his band is up this month and COVID's done, like that guy's gone. Like, yeah. He's signed oh, God damn. Immediately. Yeah. He doesn't think so. He's like, no, there's nothing really. Uh, well, he's like, whatever. He's I'm like, a ridiculously I'm like, humble guy. Well, yeah, so or, like, or at least he you're, comes you're, off pretty like, humble. Like the like, yeah. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're gonna be gone. You're gonna be gone. Yeah. And what am I gonna do? <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, with 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 him taking me this seriously and really kind of like, it's like before it was like something that was being shown to a bunch of people that don't wrestle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
And then this was like, okay, now you're in a room and we're going to show you what the real deal is a little bit. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, proper match structuring and how to have that like be successful and, and, uh, speedball, um, teaches very Japanese. Mm-hmm. Like the way he, he's, he's teaching me is, is a, a lot more, I would say like Japanese focused as far as match structure and, and intensity and stuff. So a lot of people, you know, they're kind of like, you're not going to be a speedball type wrestler. And I'm like, no, but I'm not going to just go back to like foot stomps and body slams. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, now, now I have, now I know how it works. So when I, when my comeback comes and there's, you know, five, six pieces to it, you know, my, uh, like uh, I basically, this is the first time in my wrestling career where it's not just about, you know, five spots, uh, like five moves and I have a spot to get into those moves. Now it's like I, I have a full match written and it's a script. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every week, every week I'm repping it out, repping it out, repping it out so that when I actually and and a big part of wrestling is, is how you you communicate that with wrestlers mm-hmm. when you're speaking, when you have matches that are, you know, your pieces are complex. How do you how do you communicate that? That it's like super easy. You know what I mean? So we work on that even just like tell me your match, you know, like. I love it. I love it. And I I would say for the last couple months that COVID has allowed us, you know, we've just been doing catch and I think he's just in there practicing moves for when he comes back. (laughs) (laughs) You're just a tackling dummy for him. So, so when, (laughs) let's be clear, like uh, a view with speedball is, uh, yeah, I, I get beat up a lot. (laughs) <laughs> well, and vice versa like I, I almost scratched his face off like a couple of weeks ago Jesus, I felt really bad he had like, these big slashes on his face and I was like oh my god I feel so bad <laughs> you know and then last time we were together I got a knee in the head and almost dislocated my jaw and I thought I was going to be knocked out and that was a great experience because we're in a in a match and I was just like hey like don't stop don't stop don't stop throw me in that headlock let's stay down for a sec and then we'll work that yeah until I like come back into the the land of the living, you know. So that was kind of like a, a fun thing to do. Learn but how to of, deal with getting your bell rung, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of the things that um, that we were were working on that I've never I'm a, like a if I was going to say what kind of wrestler I would be, you know, I'm much more like a macho man guy where I want everything planned, a hundred percent, radically, ridiculously planned. Mm-hmm. And for the last year, he's working on breaking me of that to really work on improv so um that's been the fun part and the most hard part for me because i think maybe part of being older is you know your brain is just wired a certain way Mm -hmm. you know so so getting into these scenarios where you're you know he's like okay half an hour in the ring let's go and i'm like what are we doing uh we'll just go and you're kind of like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. and then it, and then it works. You know what I mean? And then you do it, and you're like, I can't believe I did that because a year ago I could not have done that. I could not have done that a year ago. A year yeah. ago we would have had to plan every single thing you were going to do, and I would remember it. Yeah. Based yeah. on, and that's the thing that's so close to comics and wrestling is like everything feels like it's based on the hero's journey, and that's how I remember my matches. It's mm. all based on the hero's journey and all the, the chapters in mother trucker are named after the spots in a wrestling match. Nice. It's like, like totally obvious. Like my next book is called the cutoff. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. 
I uh, yeah, I'm, I have used I have used uh wrestling structure in in the first hero in like all three volumes, uh, especially the first and second volume, most yeah. prominently in the second volume where uh the villain is a three-armed MMA fighter named Odinson who is based on who is based on a tattooless Ray Rowe. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, if I show you the script, it spells out how uh, how uh, wrestling matches are set up, and how I'm breaking down the the fight. Why you know, like why what I'm writing in the fight is so meticulous in the script because yeah. this is what's happening. That's that's the 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 shine and the 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 heat and and the fucking falsies and. Uh, the 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 I, whole mashuga. <laughs> like I mean, I, I all these terms you know the entire time when you're training and all that stuff. Yeah. But but it wasn't until I think I started working with Speedball that he forced me to create it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like we would we would train and be like, okay, we're gonna work on shines this week. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of like okay, well, I, I I had a practice like two years ago where we did some shines, you know what I mean? It gets like that. Yeah. Whereas in this scenario, it's hardcore. Like you're working on on everything all the time, and like just so that it becomes second nature in the moves and your your all your all your spots. You just they they are second nature. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Oh, I'm just, I'm just making you start. It now. Well, no, you start. You, it, it's the difference between baking something from a recipe and just following the instructions and understanding why it's these ingredients in these proportions that create this final product. You know, yeah. and there's, there's everybody talks about, everybody in wrestling talks about when did you get it? You know, it's uh, there's the 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 moment or the match where it went from being a thing you can do to being a thing you deeply understand. Yep. And uh, for me, that moment was that moment was uh, uh, in Blanchester, Ohio, with uh, with Ricky Morton, <laughs> <laughs> where I fi- it was like finally, oh, I'm starting to get this. And he yeah. is, he's calling, we did 17 minutes and he's calling the match to me. And I swear to God, it, he's not just calling the match. I, I remember him saying, because, as he's calling to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, interesting. I remember words like because and so and, and, you know, like telling me, telling me how they're going to react. Like he fucking taught me. Yeah. See, so this is a scenario that I'm in is like, there's no fans. Yeah. So I have a learning curve when I come back to apply everything that has finally clicked for me. And like Hawk says this, like every time when I'm talking to him now, he's like, Oh, it finally clicked for you. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're at the five-year mark? It's the five-year mark when it clicks for the first time. Yeah. 
And then you have like a what was he leave? Like you have like a ten year and like a fifteen or twelve or something. He had yeah. like all these years where there was like new epiphanies that everyone has seems to have on the same journey. But it was like, um, yeah, that was really interesting. But the the problem we have now is fans. But I mean, I wouldn't have gotten this particularly interesting scenario if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, and it's, it's yeah. You you you're afforded you're afforded a. A an extended learning opportunity from somebody that good and that yeah. that smart and thoughtful about the about what's going on in the ring, and and that's why I you know like I look back at Ricky Morton and him saying slow down so they can enjoy it. Yep. You know. Yep. Or or okay now fire up you know and it's it, it's okay. Yeah. So when you get an opportunity to do that in front of a crowd and you can hear them rise and fall with yeah, what you're that's gonna doing, be a, mm, that's going to be a that's thing. Gonna be I can't sweet. wait. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. There is it's okay for me too, because like, I know I'm the only one training with him. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone has had the opportunity where they could have messaged him to do it. And no one's really taken it. Like maybe one or two people only for a very small amount of time. Yeah took him up on it and i'm always like how is like how how am i am i how am i the only one that gets it like <laughs> <laughs> I, I have you to myself for a year and like like i even get sad thinking about like he's just gonna be gandhi and it's gonna be like oh. <laughs> i you know listen i i've said this about uh uh you know a, a small number of guys before uh, every once in a while, there's you know another comic creator who wrestles that I talk to, and I and all I can think is, you know, there are conventions that run shows, and they got no fucking excuse for not booking us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I know I know Mike out of Florida. Yeah. He's got five shows. He sold his Miami show. Okay. And then did five smaller shows, and he's. Do you know Alex Chamberlain? He's he's Alex on AEW. He's he's a wrestler from Miami. He's running a school with Gangrel. Oh, okay. Uh, in Florida, um, he kind of and there's two other guys. I haven't met the guys that are the actual bookers for the show. Yeah. But they do a cosplay wrestling show. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I should, yeah. I should. Yeah. Yeah, I should try and get us on that show. Yeah. There is. So there is I, no been, goddamn. There is yeah. no god. And I'll tell you what, it probably won't happen this year. And I I, I, no, I wanted to do it last no year. I wanted to yeah. do it last year, but uh, it, 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 this is probably a 2022 thing. Is the Friday night of Fan Expo? Yeah. God damn! I got to run a union show. Well, why don't we like that cosplay wrestling thing does so well in the states? Why yeah. don't we run? Why don't we run it in Canada? I'll help you run it. Okay. Yeah, we do it for Comic Cons. I'll come in. We'll we'll do all the. If you, yeah, I still. Do, I, do you own a ring? Where'd you get your ring? Do you rent it? I I, I, it? I rent it. Okay, well, when you you know in the morning we'll pick up the ring in a truck, we'll go unload it and set it up, and we'll run a show on the Friday night. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> you know we just have to find wrestlers who want to cosplay. I, this is gonna be really easy. Be really the easy. Uh, the sweetest, I will say this, and it's I think it's from one of those Florida shows. Uh, it's either from Florida or it's from Mega Championship in Cleveland. Shout out to my boy Jeff Traxler. Uh, one of them did, and I, I actually I do want to say it's Mega Championship. One of them did the uh, the cosplay gimmick, the cosplay battle royal a few years ago, which was, of course, in the end, won by Darth Vader, who yeah. who was just force choking motherfuckers and throwing <laughs> and throwing them out of the yeah. ring. But yeah. uh, 
Yeah, um, so I, I, I'm trying to get a hold of these guys, but I'm not doing it now because of COVID. Yeah. But I know I know Alex Chamberlain, and um, Alex wrestles a Skeletor. Have you seen <laughs> photos of this? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. i got to send you photos of Alex. Okay. But uh, Alex has what I consider a clothesline that belongs in the Louvre. <laughs> His clothesline... I've never heard a clothesline described like that. ...is the most beautiful, destructive, golden god of a clothesline that I've ever seen. And oh when I saw him do it in his Skeletor outfit, <laughs> it was like that Ratatouille moment. <laughs> Ratatouille when he eats it and like his childhood just yeah. like, like I just like it was like it was like I was just like on another plane of existence in another dimension with He-Man and Skeletor and Skeletor just gave He-Man like like a, a, a clothesline worthy of the animal from the road. It's just like, oh, you know, you hear angels sing when I see this guy's clothesline. And I'm always, every time I talk to him, I'm like, you got to teach me. you got to teach me this clothesline because, like, I, I, it's so funny. In WWE, I don't think they let them clothesline in NXT anymore. Mm. Um, it's kind of like, oh, everyone's clotheslining. But, like, as a wrestler, is there no more beautiful feeling in the world than dropping a no. really sweet clothesline on there, someone. There is not, and that's why I changed my <sighs> finisher. My finisher for oh, the last right. few years has been a ripcord lariat. And oh, I yes. did I did a show for yeah. I did a show for Super Kicked uh a couple uh, a couple of or three Toronto Comic Cons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh and um uh, it, they they threw me into a six way, okay, yeah. And there's a spot in, about a third of the way through the match where everyone one on one, one by one, they just come at me. I duck their shit and I I wrap them up for the ripcord and hit the lariat. And oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and it's just one so nice. after one a- after another. I'm just hitting the fucking lariat on people. And I couldn't have been, and then I bailed out for the rest of the match and let the let the kids do it. <laughs> I let the kids. Hey, listen, I got yeah. my shit in. I'm rolling yeah, yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah. out. <laughs> oh man! So for the last year, I've been working on uh, 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 Escalera uh, clothesline or uh, line from the top. So you know, you get the you, you you lock hands, and then I bounce off the second onto the top. I have oh, I have the first time I did it on my Instagram right now and it's very bad because the guy didn't come with me uh. right so it, the guy that comes with you on an Escalera is your pillar right like you're you're balancing on him yeah he didn't come with me but now I do it so fast it barely matters the guys there <laughs> like my bounce off the second to the top and then come down with like a crushing line from the top like that yeah oh I've got that thing like butter okay. it's like well now we're just now we're just lathering yeah, our yeah, own yeah. asses okay, well, now here we're just having fun we're just having fun <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the most fun ever. Um, and it's so interchangeable with comics. So get this. Okay, so if we run this thing, this is what I want to pitch to the guys in the U.S. too. I'm going to make this famous. I want to wrestle as Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Oh. <laughs> so I come out in the gray outfit with the with the staff yeah. and everything, right? And I'm magic. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, And then when I'm taking my heat, I'm gray. And in my comeback, 
the rope flies off and I'm white Gandalf. Well, you like, know, like, this is it's, <laughs> that is one of that's one of my many rap names is Gandalf the Black. Or, <laughs> that's so good. My 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 rap names my rap names include Black Gandalf, MCG Thanks. Yeah, because I'm Canadian gangster rapper MCG Thanks. Uh, yeah. and, uh, what was That's the good. other, oh, fuck. I'm having a senior moment. I'm, I'm forgetting what the other one is now, but. I'll eh. have those all day. Yeah. <laughs> have those all day. Do you know my friend? The guy I know him for 50 years. You know that guy. That guy. You know him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's what I want to do when I come back as cosplay. I want to call, and I have a Gandalf outfit, so I want to come oh, back as tremendous. Gandalf and and uh, after when I'm coming into the comeback, go into Gandalf the White. <laughs> you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's then I gonna, can use magic, right? I can do magic things like uh, make people twirl around in the in the center of the ring, like <laughs> like, Homer, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> you know, Homer Simpson does that run. Yeah. I think it's from. From Three Stooges. Yeah, probably, it is. It is. That's that's yeah. the that's the curly. That's the curly. The run. curly. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I want to. And basically, he gets him doing that in the in the in the uh, fellowship of the ring. I want to do that. I want to give someone that. I'll just stand there using my magic, and they do that run. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! There's nothing Dude, quite this... like abusing wrestling for your own entertainment. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> and I mean, even, even, you know, and then on the, on, you know, the other side, you know, like coming back and, you know, taking it more seriously, like yeah. you're not going to see complete animal clown anymore. It's, yeah, I'm going to be focusing in on that. No, I'm looking on forward the, on the wrestling. So I'm looking and, forward uh, to seeing whatever you want to present. My friend, I talked, I talked to Josh about us not having that match and stuff. And he was still like really excited. He's like, don't worry, I'm going to beat you up one day. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> He's like, it'll happen, don't oh, worry. Fuck and that. I was like, oh. I want to make that happen. I want to oh, make that, that happen. Oh, that so much fun. Yeah. And Holden was great. Holden was really good. That is so a good, that is, that, that kid has uh, really grown into himself. He, um, he's decided if, you know, if, if there's not going to be, if there's not going to, uh, he's decided to become the leader that uh, he wants to see, and That's good. and uh, yeah. I think he's going to do. He's doing and he's going to do so much good for uh, for this area that he is. Yeah. He's ab- He's absolutely vital to. Uh, a next generation of uh, of indie wrestlers in Ontario. I, w- I want to wrestle him in Quebec. Like I, I mentioned Manny, I mentioned him to Andrew. Yeah, I, I just think he needs to wrestle in Quebec just as much as as Ontario. Yeah, people over here should see him. Like he's fun. Oh he's, yeah, he's super he, fun. He is. He and he's yeah. And and I was he so worried works, about that match. He while works we were so planning hard. it. While we were planning that match, I was getting really worried. And yeah. I mean, I, I'm a different wrestler than I, I wrestled then. But yeah. like, there was just adding and adding and adding and adding and adding. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, and right at the last minute adding, and I was just kind of like, oh, this is a lot. And I remember telling him a few times, like, this is a lot. Like, you already have, like, you know, a lot. And um, then we got in the match and it was fine. Yeah. Like, he, he was totally clear. Like, whenever I would wrestle Matt Martell, I think I wrestled uh, Matt like maybe four or five times. Mm-hmm. I could never hear his instructions. 
like when he would call in the ring, yeah. I just something, whether he was a mush mouth or what it was, I could never hear him. Like I could just, and he would always yell at me after be like, why can't you, why can't you like, listen, why can't you hear me? I'm like, I literally, I don't know what it is. Like when you call, I can't hear it. Yeah. It's coming out as some sort of gobbledygook. But then, you know, I wrestled Uno and Frankie the Mobster and, and even Holden. And it was, it was clear as, uh, as a bell. Yeah. It was, it was fun. And I mean, most of my family and friends had never seen like a, a wrestling match like that in their lives. So they went bananas. So that was, that was a fun, fun night. And, uh, I'm looking forward to many more, but I think we have something with this, uh, this, uh, Comic Con cosplay. Yeah, we could, we could, there, there's, there's enough there to chew on. We can, uh, oh, yeah. we can make hay out of this. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> be, and it'd be fun as hell. Yeah. Man, it'd be fun. All right, buddy. Oh I am. Uh, I. Yeah, I'm, I we're, let's call it a day on this, because uh, otherwise we're just going to be here until the sun falls. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could talk to you all day. Uh, I mean, t- we do this at Comic Cons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's usually and it's forever. usually me that has to come to your table because you're too fucking busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but even though people are coming and going, the two of us are just like sitting there talking about wrestling. I'm gonna. I, oh, <laughs> dude. I am. I'm. To- I'm totally, totally gonna get up Kevin's ass to put us next to each other at Fan Expo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just do it. Just, uh, yeah, that needs to happen. All right. Tell the people where they can find you online. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Andy underscore Belanger. I don't know where the underscore came from. I think someone snagged my name. Uh, and then on Twitter, it's just at Andy Belanger. But when you go to both my names, it comes up as Animal Bob Anger pretty quickly. Okay. Um, but those places, if you're following me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, which is the same, um, you'll see everything that I'm doing on an ongoing basis. I don't hide anything. It's all it's all out there. Very good. And uh, so that's what we're doing, and we're uh, the big mail outs are happening this week, and for Mother Trucker, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're prepping for the next one. I can't wait to. I'm. I'm. We've got a video written for the next one, and it's gonna be bananas. And if people uh, if people still want to get in on Mother Trucker, should they? Is there a way to get in on it now, or should they yeah, wait for so, the next uh, Kickstarter? Um, no, they can go to my uh, my uh, Big Cartel. So uh, andybelangerart.bigcartel.com. Mm-hmm. You can you can buy the 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 tiers from the Kickstarter on uh, my Big Cartel. Very good. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I've gotten maybe like twelve people that have bought off there already mm-hmm. um, that missed it, and uh, we're going to keep going with that, and then we're going to get into the next one, and you'll be able to get uh, issue one in the next one as well as yeah, issue. yeah, issue two. Um, but yeah, uh, wrestling comics forever, man. This is good. We're uh, we're gonna make a we're gonna make our own genre here that's gonna gonna really uh, do the deal. No yeah. more of these people going. Uh, I don't get it, and uh, but they buy by man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a it's just a dude with parent issues in, in a lucha mask and a boring in a boring lucha mask there's no wait, color wait till on you that meet thing the, yeah wait till you meet these people in real life they're they're real life batman superheroes yeah. <laughs> amazing <laughs> I, i'm best friends with a kid who wears a wolf mask around i mean come on get into it it's, it's fun Holden's- Holden's the best. He is. Yeah, I love yeah. that kid so much. Yeah, he's super cool. <laughs> super cool. He's gonna. He's gonna hear this, and he's gonna be. He's gonna be. Uh, like I, I'm expecting a text message, like before we. I, I, I want to. 
I want I want to go again with Holden now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, no matter what happens at the next one or the one after or whatever, eventually you gotta let Holden I go again. Although you, you guys will get another go around. <clears throat> yeah, but but Animal and Holden, uh, and, and uh, I think uh, Animal 2.0 is going to be a different scenario, and uh, we're going to have even more fun. Sweet. Yeah, that guy's awesome to work with. All right, now we've lathered his ass too. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, everyone's gets it. Everyone's getting the rub today. It's you, yeah. me, yeah. Speedball, yeah. Holden Albright, Josh Alexander. Fucking everybody's everybody's getting Lethal Comics. Everybody's getting the rub. I, I want to get. I told Josh I want to take his UFO. You want to what? His his the the big UFO bump he does. Oh, I'm a big guy, but I want it. <laughs> I told them that's like one of my favorite moves, and I was like, you better give me that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Cool, Andy Belanger, thank you immensely for uh, coming on the Handsome Genius Club today, my friend. Oh, well, any time. I hope we do it again soon. All right. Cool, man.